Hi, Sean. Hi, Jennifer. How are you? I'm good. How are you today? I am okay. I think that's a lie. Oh my gosh, you're singing! Okay, so yes, so we've had some technical difficulties today. But we figured it out. We were running late and trying to get everything ready, and our poor guest, Becky, (laughs) had to sit here while I tried to figure it out because I dropped the board. Oh, no. Like, talk about technical difficulties. Well, hello, Becky. Hi, Becky. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Becky, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yep. My name is Becky Brisbolk-Leisner. I am the Adult Services Supervisor for the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services, um, and I supervise in Berrien, Cass, and Van Buren counties. That is a long title. That is a mouthful. Wow. <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit about what exactly that might mean? Yeah. Yes. So the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services, DHHS, or lots of people know DHS, um, there's three different programs within adult services, and I supervise them for multiple counties with a team of of some other folks too mm-hmm. um i don't know if you want me to jump right into the i kind of do i kind of do because as we said before we're a little flustered and <laughs> i i feel bad that you're not getting the best of us right now i mean yes she will of course she will Give you a minute to catch your breath. Okay, you're definitely going to get the best of Sean. I am floundering. I'm here. I'm here to save the day. Here I am to save the day. I mean, we're allowed to have bad days. I'm okay with it. This is definitely an off day because that's the second time that I have sang. You know what? I love it. I think I need to have more off days so you can pick up my slack. Okay. I think that that's what we need to do to get her to sing more often. That's what friends are for. Yeah, absolutely. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Okay. Okay, Becky. Yes. What happens if somebody needs to call you? Like, why would they call you and what would happen if we did? Is this kind of like child protective services? Like, what does that mean? Yep. So, adult protective services, um, we do get a little bit of a bad rap because of children's protective services. Um... I'll tell you a lot of times when I talk to people, I'll just say adult services. I'll take the protective part out um, because we're not CPS. We're not Children's Protective Services. We cannot remove somebody from their home. Um, We're not going to show up and say, okay, get in the car. Um, We're working with adults um, and children's have their own policies and procedures that they go through before that part. But that's um, that's not necessarily an option for us. Our goal is to make people's lives safer um, within what they want. Um, it, we try to advocate. If somebody, let's say, doesn't want to go to a nursing home, um, if we can put in some services that would make them safer in their home and not have to go to the nursing home because that's what they want, that's what we'll work for. That's what we'll do. Our goal is not to show up and say, come with me, we're leaving. We, we, we never want to do that. That's um, definitely not a good thing. No, I don't think I would want that to happen no. to me. No, no, I wouldn't like that. Right, so what are the parameters of helping somebody? If we if we run into something that we, we deem as unsafe and we call you, what, what happens with those parameters? Yep, so uh, we... Go out. We try to make some phone calls before we go out and see the person. 
to kind of just gather up some more information. Um, but within the first 72 hours or three days, um, our investigators will go out and talk with the individual. Um, we have plenty of people that we show up and they say, get the heck out of here. Not so, so they nicely. can refuse. They, they can, can refuse. refuse. They can say, I don't even want to talk to you. Get yep. out of here. Yep. And you have nothing that can be done. Right. Okay. Um, within reason. I mean, if we if we show up and we see there's some maybe obvious issues with the home or something along those lines, we can maybe pull some other agencies in to try to assist. But ultimately, yeah, they can say, get off my porch. And we have to say, okay, see you later. Bye. Because again... We're working with adults, and they have the right to refuse and make their own decisions, good or bad. <laughs> um, and that's that's tough because some people don't make good decisions. So, question: This might be a tough one. Yeah. Okay. And I'm known to throw some mud in the waters once in a while. <laughs> a few times. So, what happens if a family member comes to you and is like, okay, so I don't think mom can legally take care of herself anymore. I think that she has dementia. She has no diagnosis. Right. And it's just really bad. How can you help me help her? Yeah. And in those situations, we can help walk a family member. We love when there's good, stable family members there to help us. Um, we can walk them through the process of if there is a power of attorney already in place, um, getting that activated or walking through the process of a guardianship. That's usually our last resort um, because it does take away quite a few rights from an adult to make a guardianship. Decisions. Yeah. Okay. To make decisions for themselves. But if there's a family member that's willing to do that and willing to help us through that process, um, we absolutely will help walk them through that with going to court, uh, getting the documentation from medical professionals or assessments done, um, or whatever it is that we need to get done to make sure that that person is safe. And anybody can call and report what they feel is an abusive type situation or a situation where there's not a safe situation for somebody in their home. Is that correct? Yep. Anybody can call and it, um, adult protective services is anybody over the age of 18, um, who is vulnerable in some way to protect themselves from abuse, neglect, or exploitation. Um, and you can just call in. It's the same number for APS and CPS. Um, and I'll give you the number, and I promise it's a real number. I always feel like it's a fake number when I say <laughs> it, but it, it is 855-444-3911, um, and that is 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. Um, you can call in and report abuse and neglect, and the thing that I like to say is, if you think it's happening, if the hairs stand up on the back of your neck about it, if you feel like something's not right... Call it in. It's our job to investigate it. You don't have to know for sure that something is happening, um, but it's our job to go out and investigate and see what's going on and how we can help. Just to clarify, you yeah. had said earlier that it would be, you, you people can tell you to go away. Yeah. If there's an abuse situation going on or exploitation, do you, can they still tell you to go away? Um. Within reason, we still do a little bit more digging, um, depending on who's calling it in or that sort of thing. Sometimes we can get some bank records. Sometimes we might get law enforcement involved. 
Um, we typically try to go out and see the person at least twice because uh, the first time, sometimes it's a little startling <laughs> to just have somebody knocking on the door and say, oh, I'm with Adult Protective Services. And people go, huh? <laughs> What do you so, mean? Yeah. I'm fine. <laughs> so we do try to go out and talk to people at least twice um, just to kind of get over that initial, oh my goodness, what the heck are you doing here? I'm not leaving my home. Right. Because um, that tends to be the first reaction is I'm not leaving my home and who called this in? And with <laughs> that being said, if somebody is thinking about calling, calling Adult Protective Services... This is um, confidential, correct? Yes. So by law, we have to keep the reporting source confidential. Um, not only can myself or workers like get in trouble at work, we can get in trouble with the law. If um, you tell people who called? If we tell people who called. The only time that we can tell who called is if a judge has a court order. And we can tell the judge. Oh, that makes that makes sense. Okay. Um, but any other time, the line we always use is we cannot confirm or deny. We don't want somebody to say, I know it's one of these three people. And then we deny on two of them. And then they know who called. So we absolutely do not tell the referring source. We don't allude to it. We don't agree with it. Nothing. We That's very confidential. You must have one heck of a poker face. I think we saw <laughs> that together. <laughs> when oh, I, when I was flustered, I think we saw that poker face. Like, you are She's good, good at what you do. <laughs> she's good. Like, <laughs> I've been doing it a while and with certain like, things. I was like, she's just like, this too shall pass. It'll be fine. <laughs> like, how, how do your kids deal with you? Like, oh, you just kind of... Mom's got a poker face. We have yeah. no idea what's going yeah. on. <laughs> we don't know. We don't know. <laughs> so I see we have some of your brochures in front of us. Yep. And I see there's some definitions for abuse, neglect, exploitation, and vulnerable. Yeah. So can you help our listeners kind of know what those are? Yep. So vulnerable is, um, it's kind of the most gray one. Vulnerable basically, when our definition, basically means that they cannot protect themselves from the harm that may or may not be occurring. Um, so if somebody's in, let's say somebody's in a wheelchair um, and they can't get around their home, but they're fine. They've got their phone. They've got, you know, all their mental faculties, all that kind of stuff. Um they're not necessarily at much at risk for, say, banking issues for some type of fraud or if they're giving money away. We can still investigate that. However, if they're in the wheelchair and they have a caregiver that comes in and the caregiver is threatening to not come in because of A, B, and C, that obviously makes them more vulnerable. Um, so the, the vulnerability and the harm kind of have to go hand in hand together. So, just a quick question. So if Von, would vulnerable be somebody who's in a wheelchair, but their house is not wheelchair accessible? Is right. that a, like, that's kind of a problem. Right. right. Yeah. That would, that would definitely be a problem if they can't get through their house safely. Um, that would be a problem. Okay. So, um, and then the types of harm, um, abuse, there's a couple different types. Um, there's physical abuse where somebody's actually laying hands on somebody. Um, there's sexual abuse. And then there's emotional abuse even where somebody's maybe not laying their hands on somebody, but threatening. You can emotionally beat somebody up. Right. You can or call them even, names and, oh, even yeah. threatening 
to say that you can't, you know, if you don't do A, B, and C, then I'm locking you up in a nursing home kind oh, of thing and not visiting you. Whoa. That's emotional abuse. Guys, yeah. we learned something brand new today. <laughs> that is Woo. abuse. We cannot say that to... That means I have to start saying that to dad. Well, yeah, probably. I think that's a good idea. <laughs> Sorry, so. daddy. I love you. I was joking the whole time. Yeah. yeah. Um, but there, I mean, there are instances where, where those are true threats and people are truly scared. No, no, that is something to be truly, if they don't want to leave their home and somebody's saying, well, if you don't do A, B, and C, then you're going to a home. Guys, first of all, from an assisted living aspect, don't use us as a threat. Right. 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 Don't do that. Well, and we've even seen where people have, like, threatened, like, I won't bring the grandkids over anymore. I won't. You know, those kind of threats are just... It's not okay. Mean. It's it's emotional. And it is. It's meant to be mean. And it's meant to get something out of it. Right. Um, And I'll tell you, a lot of... I'll jump down to the exploitation one. A lot of our abuse cases also involve the exploitation. So utilizing somebody's money or assets or, you know, themselves for without their permission or without their consent or incorrectly. Um, So the financial exploitation, utilizing somebody's money, not for them, Um, you know, taking taking their money and going out and buying a new car. And I'm their power of attorney. It's okay. No, it's not. No, it's okay. not, not your money. Not we your just money. went over this the last podcast. It is not yes. your money. That's yes. right. Even if you're the power of attorney, it's still not your money. Yeah, you didn't earn that. Yeah. It's yeah. not yours by inheritance or any... Yeah, guys. Yeah. And we're not We're not here pointing the fingers at anybody. Just right. at, at all. We're just saying in general, listen right. and tell other people, spread the word. Yeah. So... And then the neglect, there's a couple different um, types of neglect. There's neglect by another. Um, So if there's somebody who should be taking care of the individual and is not doing a good job of it. um, And again, we see the financial exploitation hand in hand with Mm -hmm. the neglect by another. Um, If they're, you know, not getting them to doctor's appointments, not getting them their medications, not taking care of their hygiene issues. Um, on a regular basis. Um, those are all things that we would be concerned about. Um, and then there's the big one, the fun one, self-neglect. Um, oh, self-neglect. Yeah. That's like an old <laughs> That friend. happens? That happens. <laughs> no. Yeah. Like you can kind of put yourself in a closet and just forget you exist. Yeah. And huh. it, the, the biggest one we probably see is um, hoarding. That's a fun one. That is fun. (laughs) And that's, I mean, that falls under our self-neglect category of um, people with that emotional mental health issue. Yes. Um, You know, saving stuff and keeping stuff and it becomes, it becomes a hazard um, in their homes. And we really, uh, our communities are doing a better job at looking at it as kind of a, a mental health issue and we have to address the whole issue um, I know with my staff, I work with them quite a bit that it's, we're not going to run a dumpster and go in and clean out their house and say, okay, job done. Um, that doesn't work. So, okay. <laughs> just because I'm nosy and curious person normally, yep. what do you do with a hoarding situation? Yep. So those ones are tough and those ones especially are tough on families. Um, 
you know, we go in, we try to offer services, we try to offer help, we'll try to uh, at least get maybe some pathways cleared out, um, or a particular room, like a room that they're living in the most. Um, but really, we try to get them some mental health or counseling services too, because there's an underlying issue as to why they're hoarding, as to why they're hanging on to these things. That is so true. Yeah. So, so true. Uh, yeah. Wow. We try to try to come at it from all different angles. Um, but ultimately, again, if we're talking to this person and we discover that they're capable of making their own decisions and they understand that the environment they're living in is not safe and they say, leave me alone, <laughs> we then we have to respect that. Okay. They're adults. So... I have a, another difficult, weird question. Yep. And, and believe me, I know how to skate She's right really out of good this. At <laughs> I know how to skate right out of this. It's called the delete button if this doesn't work, okay? <laughs> so what happens if you have a family, okay, yeah. you have a married couple, and the children are trying everything they can to help their right. loved one, but one of the spouses is basically isolating the other spouse from everything. Right, right. Is that an APS situation? I mean, it, it is. Um, it's tough, though, because it, when we show up, that spouse that's maybe isolating the other one, they tend to talk over them and that sort of thing. And we do. We are required by our policies to talk to our victim or our client that we're working with alone. Mm -hmm. um, so if there's one spouse dominating the other one, we will ask them to leave and we will talk to the individual by themselves the issue comes up, though, is if that individual is going to be honest with Right, us. because they'll be like, no, I'm fine. Yeah. Everything's great. Okay. I was just curious in how, because yeah. isolation can be a form of neglect abuse. So. Right. Absolutely. And that falls under that emotional abuse stuff. And, and we do try, again, we try to talk to them at least twice, usually more than twice, um, and alone. But ultimately, if they're not going to be honest with us, it's really hard. Um, to do anything if if they're gonna remain in that if they want to remain in that situation oh my gosh it's yeah. so hard because you, you want to stay with your spouse but at the same time you know that there's not good you know going right. on there and it's hard it yeah. is yeah it is and as as a child yes obviously, uh, yes absolutely we all have yes we all have parents it it is okay for you to make that call yourself Right. Yeah. Anonymous is anonymous is anonymous. And just even having a check-in, you know, right. if one of your parents is being isolated, it's okay for a check-in. At least then. Now, that's another important question. If somebody does call and says, I want you to check on my isolated parent, right. can you report back to the caller? We can. Um, we can. You do receive a letter um, that does say on it who the assigned investigator is or... Sometimes it may not rise to the level of APS involvement. Um, if it, if you're not sure, if it's really not clear that there's harm occurring, um, or the vulnerability is not really clear, um, sometimes those will get denied. So you'll get a letter saying that. And I get this call all the time. It's a very basic form letter. So mm -hmm. it doesn't make sense to every situation. Right. Um, but it does have my phone number on there. So people can call me and I can answer questions as to why it didn't get assigned. Um, if we need to call back again, um, there's nothing that says that you can't call in another referral. So if we come out and they say, leave me alone and 
two weeks later, the situation has gotten worse. Yeah. Um, absolutely, you can call in again, and we can go out there again um, and go out as many times as we need to because sometimes that fifth time we go out is when they're willing to accept services. Right, because it's just gotten so bad, and they're like, okay, they're not going to go away. Right, don't give up. Don't give yeah. up. Don't give don't up. Don't give up. Yeah. It's- and those, yeah, those letters, though, they do have the workers, if it is assigned, they have the workers' name and phone number on them. Um, so you can contact the worker. They may or may not contact you, but if you would like some sort of update... Um, within our confidentiality guidelines, we could give that update. And especially if you're willing to be a support person and help, we're always looking for that. We're oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> always looking for people to help their neighbors or their loved ones or Right, because you guys can't do everything. No. Like and you, yeah. the resources are tight. Um, you know, I in Berrien County, there's more. Um, in Kalamazoo County, there's a lot. It's just a bigger county. Um, in Cass and Van Buren... It's it's not so much, and because they're smaller counties. These services are available in Indiana. It's just yes. that Bessie happens to be from Michigan because we are located in what we call Michiana, which is right between Michigan and Indiana. So right. Th- right. these services exist everywhere. Right. You just have to look up adult protective services in your blah 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 county. So. Right. But pretty much, this is blanket services. Right. So what Becky's talking about is available everywhere. Yep. And there's, um, like, Michigan has the hotline. That's the number I gave is throughout Michigan. Um, Most states have a hotline. Um, If not, then the counties do. So, Becky, we are going to continue this conversation in our next podcast. Because I know that we have, like, two more brochures to go through because of the services that you have. So... She covers a lot of stuff. I know. <laughs> Busy person. We could probably go on for hours on this one. And, we, you know, we probably... Maybe we'll have her come back. No, we have to have her come back. A few times. Oh, really? Because, really, the next segment, I think, is about just some of the stuff that you can do when they say, yes, I want help. And right. everybody throws a party. Yay! Because they want help. Yay! <laughs> Okay, Becky, thank you so much. As always, if you have any comments, concerns, questions, please email us at caregiverschenanigans at gmail.com. And remember, 